Okay. Um, questions about the reflection paper so far, if any. Mm. Have you read the prompt? If some of you have, and then some of you are already halfway through it, uh, as you told me on Slack. Does uh, anybody want to share their experience with that challenge? That would be fun. Uh, I can go ahead. It was actually so relaxing for me, especially like, I don't know, the, on Sunday, there was another rumor that we are going to have our spring semester online as well. And on that day, I was on my social media detox. So I was so relaxed that I'm not getting that anxiety from Facebook posts and everything. And in general, I just didn't feel the need to open any app. And just by the way, I deleted and disabled both all of my social media apps. So in case there's like um, any notification, I won't be tempted to open it because there won't be a notification. So it was just a really good experience for me. And even after a couple of hours, even after 30 hours, I did not feel the need to open my apps even after reinstalling everything. Uh. Sounds like you chose a good day to be off social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Netflix. I, I didn't ask you to do Netflix, but um, I suppose we'll, we'll discuss why it's difficult and how you can do better. Uh, but yeah, if, I, I would think Netflix at this point would be a good thing to include. Uh, yeah, so Bisma is trying to do it in hard mode with WhatsApp as well. Uh, yeah, so WhatsApp is optional. I understand it's more of a communication tool rather than social media in its proper format. It is permitted. Uh, but if you want to include it or want to reduce WhatsApp usage by, you know, maybe only going to absolutely necessary groups or chats, uh, you can do it. Uh, it is inclusive of sleep time. I'm not that bad. Uh, uh, I want to include sleep uh, precisely because uh, the before you go to bed and after you wake up things, usually it's using your phone and then also using your phone. So yes, sleep is included. Um, I also want to start, um, Minhal, you can choose whenever you want to, to start the thing. Uh, some people do it on Sundays because that's relatively quote unquote easier. Uh, turning on Viper for WhatsApp leads me to Instagram, says Mariam. Uh, isn't that uh, the, the biggest problem? One app is a trigger for the other app and then after you're done with that, then send a fuller version of what we're expected to do, but based on the course outline, um, you guys have an idea that we are going to be picking, or you are going to be picking, not me, I'm done with these things. Uh, you are going to be picking uh, an evil product. So 
there's two ways you can go about it. One is to pick an existing product uh, and then talk about how you can make it more evil. And the other is to just come up with a hypothetical new product that doesn't exist and do the same thing. So, for example, if my product is Slack, then I will look at how Slack is currently designed, what they're doing and not doing, and then how I can use the concept of external triggers, for instance, or uh, how I can increase motivation for people to keep coming back to it more often than they need to. Um, or I don't know how, based on today's lecture, how I can make an ad for Slack go viral or how I can spread the use of Slack. Um, the other option is to come up with something completely new. So I want to make an app or a website that sells mangoes. How can I get people to buy more and more mangoes and mangoes that they don't need? Or I don't, I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, you are supposed to make it addictive if that... Um, like falls in line with the product you're choosing. I don't want you to just stuff in every single concept everywhere. Uh, if you're selling mangoes, then can you make an, an app selling mangoes be addictive? You can try. Uh, but if you're selling Slack, for instance, uh, I can think of a few ways to make Slack more addictive. Uh, you could add more GIFs or memes make them more prominent, for instance, have them, you know, auto prompt people, hey, you haven't posted in a while, come back and post this, things like that. Um, so I want you at this point to just start thinking about which of the two directions you want to go in, uh, an existing product versus a new product. Um, and then just have that name in mind. And whenever we have a lecture, um, think about how those concepts can be applied to that product. Uh, it's best if you do, do this as we go along uh, so that when you do actually have to write the whole thing, uh, you have notes from each lecture where you're like, okay, um, today we studied virality and this is how I can use the concepts that we're learning today to apply to that project. Um, so just keep that in mind and have a name, have a company ready and uh, we can, you know, I, when I give you the actual uh, brief for the project, uh, you'll get more details. So uh, start thinking about a, a product. Uh, so today we are being hosted by Hafsa, who is sitting in the BuzzFeed headquarters. Uh, Hafsa, you have a, an activity for us to start with. So let us do that. Hi, I'm going to share a link with all of you. Uh, should I share it on this chat or should I send it on Slack? Mm -hmm. Up to you. You could also just sort of screen share the videos and then have. And now call. it's uh, the major form requires the students to make um, ah, okay. decisions, so it's better. Okay, send it on the chat. That seems to be the popular. So you guys spell this well. It's, you just have to watch two ads and go for the one you think you'd be sharing more. It would be more inclined to share. And the ads are fairly long, but I think you'll get the idea even if you don't watch them through. Uh, you'll sort of get the difference between the two that we're testing. 
what shall i do mean by that am i just supposed to you can also watch yeah. hey, you have already watched the ads I but have. I I guess I'll just sit here. You can play something. I can play it back on the side. Yeah, back on music. I didn't mean to call it noise in the condescending way. But they're listening to the ads. So let's just mute ourselves. I guess now is a good time to unmute myself. Okay, we're getting a lot of duns here. Also, we have a full class today. That's nice. Uh, yes, you should share the results with us. Uh, Minhal says it's obvious. Interesting. I think it sort of has to be obvious to make the point. Right. Uh, can you give me the screen sharing? Oh, yeah. Okay, you have privileges. Can everyone see my screen? Yep. Right, so, these are the results. 
like Nihal said, it was pretty obvious, but still, I didn't expect 28.6% of people who vote for steps one. So that exceeded mm -hmm. my expectations. And now, certainly, so I can tell you why you most, most of you chose this ad. Yeah. The data isn't important, it's the reasoning behind it that's important. So, uh, people who chose either one of these, uh, let's have your reasoning. First one was more inclusive, and Sherzade says the same, more or less. Uh, why is diversity important if we're... What if the first guy was female and Pakistani, uh, and then you relate to both on an equal level? it helps connect you more and it's more relevant uh <laughs> first one had bad editing uh, are you a filmmaker by any chance or you have interest in that sort of stuff mm. so you can share the first one with more people uh individual struggle um broader scale. So those are all nice, relevant answers. Uh, first one. So one of the things that you sort of have to control for is, uh, which I think Hafsa has done really well is like, the brand is the same, the production quality is similar, uh, the music or the overall like voiceover kind of style, artistic style, if you will, is same. Um, so we try to, when we're doing experiments like these, we try to make sure that everything is the same um, except the thing that you want to test for. Uh, Hafsa, what is it that you were trying to test for yeah, with these examples? Basically, I was trying to test which, like which video people would be more inclined to share and then looking at point up. Like, should I tell what my point was? Mm -hmm. My point was basically, uh, I don't know if Sarah is going to explain this first bit, but everyone sort of has guessed it that it's more relevant and this phenomena is like known as commercial contagion. So if someone sees something and they relate to it, they're more likely to share it. And then the other person sees that shared feed and they relate to it, so they share it even more. So this video propagates even further and goes viral. Mm -hmm. uh... On the on the other hand, like Sadi said, uh, Steps video, it was just about an individual struggle and it was more like, so, like so one person focused as opposed to a greater range of people. So yeah. Uh, and then there's a few other things as well and that's where we'll begin. I want to share for a minute. Uh, whoa. Every time I use Zoom, like, I can't express rage very well, but this is my rage face. Uh, so we're gonna look at this paper. I didn't have you read it because it's a wall of text, not all of it is relevant. Uh, but the name very uh, helpfully is, what makes online content go viral? So there's no you know, fluffing about here. I also love the names of the authors, Berger and Milkman, uh, you know, match made in 
Kevin here. Uh, has anyone ever had milk with a burger, by the way? Is, is that a, a common combination that people Yes, have? milkshakes with burgers is apparently a thing, and I fail to understand why, but it's more um, famous abroad because I had a German friend who would always order burgers with milkshake, and it just startled all of my other Pakistani friends, and she said apparently it's a thing in Germany. The milkshake is one thing. Uh, does anyone have like pure like milk milk with burgers or maybe chocolate milk? Milo. Milo to be yoga. No. Um, okay, so <clears throat> basically I shall now go into my explaining a paper in uh, 20 lines or less mode, uh, which I always feel is they what they could have done, but nobody bothers doing it. Actually, they sort of do it in the summary here. For those of you who haven't seen a psychology paper before, this is how it normally looks like. Uh, actually, this is a slightly better layout than what it normally is. So you have a summary up top, you have a title, and then they tell you uh, in a literature review what the existing research is. Here we go, the current research. They sort of try to explain some of the terms. And then they say, we did a study one, this is how we did it. This is our methodology. This is how we coded these things. These were our results with some fancy numbers and graphs. And uh, I don't even know what this is. Um, and then I helpfully, I didn't give this to you, but you know, and then they tell you what the results were. So, in know, Burger and Milkman, uh, they went to the New York Times uh, homepage. And what they had was a data set which showed them which were the most frequently emailed articles from the homepage. Uh, now, frequently emailed articles. Because uh, who emails articles in 2012? So it was probably written in 2011 or something, uh, which is, goes to show you this was like Twitter was only just getting started and then Facebook was probably in its prime. Uh, but that's the data they had. Uh, how many people shared a certain article uh, from the New York Times homepage. Um, and the idea about this is to try and gauge what makes online. Oh, hello, Lela, with your blue lighting. Uh, I'll try to match that if I can. Uh, so the article is um, about what makes online content go viral. And their definition of virality here is how many page how many or what articles were emailed uh, from the New York Times um, and they did three studies is it three is it there's a part 2a and a part 2b yeah 2a and 2b and uh, let me try and explain part one first obviously because part one comes first you get the our theory is that positive content goes more viral than negative content uh, as simple as that. If something is positive, if it has an emotional valence, a uh, technical term name drop here, emotional valence. Valence is uh, where you are on a scale of positive to negative. Um, so zero is neutral and then uh, anything above zero is positive valence and below zero is negative valence. So emotional valence, when they say that, is the emotion positive or negative. Um, and they say that for items that are more positive rather than more negative, uh, the positive ones tend to go more viral. Um, 
then the next question is like, well, okay, how do you know what's positive? And their definition of positive, I think, is uh, it contains more positive words overall than negative ones. I think here uh, they've written some. Uh, so these are some examples of positive articles. Wide-eyed new arrivals falling in love with the city, Tony Award philanthropy. So these are positive articles. And then uh, these are some negative ones as well. Um, so, step one, they conclude that positive articles are more likely to be shared than negative articles. Step two, okay, okay well, we know that positivity and negativity affect uh, the sharing of an article. Uh, does the strength of that emotion also have an impact? So something is more positive the two things are positive, but one thing is more positive than the other. And two things are negative, but one thing is more negative than the other. Does that have an impact? Um, and they find again that yes, um, high positive emotions uh, are more likely to be shared than low positive emotions and the same with negative emotions as well. The term they use here again, technical term alert, is physiological arousal. So something that's highly uh, that's positive and has uh, an impact on physiological arousal. As an example, they've used awe. Um, so awe-inducing stories such as uh, the cure for AIDS and the promise and power of RNA is both positive and high arousal as opposed to uh, this low-scoring positivity. Oh, no, actually, this is negative. They don't have an example for what they use as low uh, positivity. Uh, on the other hand, uh, negative emotions that are high on arousal include anger and anxiety. So when you're angry and when you're anxious, you're more likely to take action. There's some physiological changes going on as well, like your uh, heartbeat, your blood, uh, what's the thing? Uh, high blood pressure. Mira, um, if you're angry, you know what that means, as opposed to uh, sadness, which is low on physiological arousal. When you're sad, uh, you're less likely to take action. You don't really want to do anything. You want to curl up in a corner, and you know that's you're you're low on physiological arousal. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the chat on my screen, so uh, I want to see what you're saying. Okay. All right, so I was expecting questions about this, but I see we're still stuck on burgers and Milo's in the chat. Uh, all right, so this is what they have so far. I have a question. Yes, please. Um, did you just say a positive emotion that causes physiological, physiological arousal is more likely to be shared than negative emotion that also causes physiological Arousal, yeah, dono physiological arousal wale are likely to be more shared than those that do not cause that much of physiological arousal. Right. So they're building a case for both of these things. Okay. If something is high on physiological arousal, it's more likely to be shared than something that's low on physiological arousal. And if something is positive, it's more likely to be shared than something that's negative. Therefore, 
if something is positive and highly physiological uh, high on physiological physiological arousal then it's more likely to be shared that something that's negative and high on physiological arousal and they ex- give examples for that as well but uh, i'm also going to try and uh, point out some of the things that they uh, control for here so they control for practical utility they control for interest and surprise um i i realize that we have people who haven't done hp and uh, you know what is a control group and variable group might need to be explained i'm going to do a 30 second primer on it um a control group is people who you're giving version a of something an experimental group is people who you're giving version b and that version b differs from version a in only and only one thing uh which is what you're testing so if they're testing um i don't know maybe i am testing what am i testing maybe i'm testing if one if blue lamps sell better than red lamps so with group a i'll present them with a red lamp and ask them if they want to buy a red lamp with group b i'm going to you know show them a blue lamp and ask them if they want to buy it but i also want to make sure that nothing about the lamp or its placement or its price or its positioning or its packaging is affecting that decision so i want to make sure that the lamps are exactly identical on every trait except the color because the color is what i am trying to test whether or not that affects people's purchasing so to apply that example here uh, they want to test whether or not something is being shared um because it's positive or if it's negative so they also want to control for things like practical utility or interest things that are interesting are obviously more likely to be shared than things that are not interesting things that are surprising and useful are more likely to be shared than those that are not so they want to make sure that all of the articles that they're looking at are about equal on these traits uh before they uh, sort of send them out for that so uh this is uh where we are right now let me just go through my notes to see if i haven't missed out on anything uh so they say that positive content was uh, let me stop this because i don't think there's anything here uh that's useful i don't want you to be looking at a wall of text uh not that this view is much better but i think it's a little better than a wall of text so they say that um high arousal emotion is more viral regardless of valence so if something is pushing you or making you aroused and obviously uh when when they say high arousal they don't mean that you're angry and you know you're getting up and throwing things around and breaking stuff just that it increases the rate of your heartbeat or even like even that's i think an exaggeration but uh it pushes you to do something or want to do something um and that's um their definition i i guess of what is a uh, high arousal emotion uh how do they measure the interestingness of an article i think they have people code the articles so i'll give you 10 headlines and i'll say ali how interesting on a scale of 1 to 10 are these articles and you give me your ratings and i do the same with we and do the same with mahir or bisma and then once i have four or five people agreeing that this article is about a four on interestingness 
uh, then that's the number assigned that article. And so, you know, I'm only giving them articles that are four on interestingness. Um, uh, yeah, uh, petitions. Uh, uh, petitions. Okay, so that's study one. Uh, I'll pause for questions here, if there are any. And then we'll go on to study 2A and 2, oh, they have a study 3 as well. I wanted to ask something like here, um, mm -hmm. like is, is scenario may both high positive and high negative can get shared, but high positive would get shared more, right? higher yeah. arousal positive. Yes. Uh, again, I repeat, that's what they claim. Uh, and I don't necessarily buy everything that they claim. And so the videos that we started with today uh, is sort of also uh, portraying, like, is it positive? Is it negative? Are they both positive? What are they? Uh, how can we use this framework that they've so far, and that we so far studied to apply to those ads? I, I think it's safe to say that both of them are positive. Um, but okay, we, 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 we sort of come to a conclusion that they're positive. What, what are they after that? According to this model, I think uh, that you can't stop us one was higher in the arousal because it was more awe inspiring for me. So it activated my brain more mm -hmm. as compared with the steps. Right. Uh, and that's basically what they've said, Gabe. It's, it's a good example of high arousal. It makes you want to get up or it inspires you or the, like the thing they've used is awe. Uh, it's more awe-inspiring than the other one. Um, but we still have people who picked the other ad. And that's not to say that something is objectively more awe-inspiring than the other and therefore it will be shared. A lot of it depends on our old friend, personal relevancy. So if something is more personally relevant to you, if you are a runner, for instance, then the second ad makes you want to share it more than the first because that's what's uh, you know getting a, giving you a, a bigger kick than the first one. Um, and then, um, okay. So then they do study two. This I realize I've gone way over like 20 line explanations. Uh, well, I think we'll take a break after study two. Uh, and they say, okay, um, okay, there are types of, there's positive emotions and negative emotions, and then there's types of them as well. Uh, so what they do is test whether something amusing is more likely to be shared. And they find that something that is more amusing is more likely to be shared than something that is less amusing. Very, very obvious. They're not doing groundbreaking science here. Uh, but the reason why they want to do this is to confirm it's not just something being positive, it's also how positive it is. So in this case, how amusing is it? Um, and so the next, next question then becomes, okay, if this happens for positive things, does it also happen for negative things? And so they have uh, things that are high on anger versus low on anger, and things that are high on anxiety versus low on anxiety. And they find that obviously things that are high on anger and high on anxiety and high on other uh, physiologically 
arousal, arousing emotions are more likely to be shared. So we're trying to establish this correlation both ways. Okay, positive bhi ho or high on positive bhi ho. And then we're also testing a few different variations. Okay, anger is a negative emotion. Anxiety is a negative emotion. Does this apply to types of negative emotions? Sabi. Yes, sir. So I had a question. I don't know if it's like just a personal bias or something, but I have noticed if you present a person with a positive news and a negative news, mm-hmm. they're more likely to share the negative news because uh, like it's just a trend. Like usually people don't uh, share the positive news as much as the negative aspects of, for example, like if, if I say it's a corruption or something like this. And on the other hand, I think he was a very good person or something like that. The negative news will be more likely to be shared. Does this have some? So, like, how do you? How is it like the statement where they say they are equally likely to be shared? Isn't that a bit contradictory? Uh, excellent question. I'm glad you bring that up. Uh, we will talk about it after we've done this paper. That's why I keep saying this is what they claim. This is what they've found out. Uh, and uh, one of the things we're going to learn is that. Uh, a lot of so-called science that we talk about with a single summary, uh, you actually have to dig into how they're doing this or how they're measuring these things uh, and understand their process and be able to criticize that uh, and then see if there are alternative conclusions as well. Um, okay, so in the last study, they also do uh, sad, high sadness versus low sadness. And this time, it's the opposite result because that's what they predicted. They say that sadness is a deactivating emotion. It's a low arousal emotion. It makes you not want to do things. So uh, if the more sad a story is, the less aroused you are and therefore the less likely you are to share. Um, so Mahir is trying to understand that. Uh, you get demotivated, uh, says Ali. Uh, let me try to summarize this again from the start. Positive versus negative articles. I'm going to use articles because that's what they've used here. Positive articles are more likely to be shared than negative articles. Uh, More positive articles are more likely to be shared than less positive articles. And more negative articles are more likely to be shared than less negative articles. But positivity and negativity are very broad emotions and categories. Does this apply for subcategories of these emotions as well? As an example, we take amusement as a positive emotion and we find that more amusing articles are more likely to be shared than less amusing articles. And then as an example of um, negative emotions, we pick anxiety, we pick anger and we pick sadness. Uh, The reason why we've picked these three is because we're also saying that uh, highly arousing emotions or activating emotions are more likely to be shared than less arousing or deactivating emotions. And sadness is a deactivating emotion and anxiety and anger are activating emotions. So we want to see whether this theory holds true for uh, both sides of the spectrum. And lo and behold, we find that Uh, High anger articles, which are high on activation, emotional activation, are more likely to be shared. High anxiety articles, which 
again are high on emotional activation are more likely to be shared but high sadness articles which is a deactivating emotion sadness being low on physiological arousal are less likely to be shared and therefore proving that highly activating emotions are more likely to be shared and less activating emotions are less likely to be shared that's the entire article that i saved you maybe an hour and a half worth of reading to try and understand uh, and a lot of this sort of makes intuitive sense um, but we shall take a break now and when we come back uh, more on sabi's very very good question okay uh, we have uh, music from 2010 today uh, hafsa's choice new and now we get to the fun part and there's a few things that i omitted uh, and now we're going to talk about why this may or may not be true first of all what do we think about the negativity bias um we've already studied that things that are more negative or things that are negative get your attention more than positive things how do we reconcile that with what they're saying in the positive zyada hota hai also now that i have a better mic i can also play this thing uh, more nicely so and as i said i'm going to keep playing it until we have some answers positive zyada hote hain negative zyada the what's our intuition here like the bias or like ab- application kya zyada hote hain uh we know the bias uh but i'm saying that we have some research papers telling us that people pay more attention to negative stuff and yet we have this one telling us that people are more likely to share positive stuff but it also did say ke high negative share karte hain so yeah but then they say ke if something is equally high on negative versus positive the positive is more likely to be shared answer will be shocking no it won't and as i said this will get increasingly annoying and now it picks up more high pitched sounds as well so i can it can get really annoying have to be smart uh i'm teaching this class and that's all the evidence you need uh well, i just want an opinion doesn't have to be a smart opinion because as you will soon find out this is a very complex debate okay can i give one opinion uh go ahead okay so i feel like it might even depend on the situations like jab quarantine ho rahi thi I guess we all were like in a sad depression like everything was sad so people might would have more have, I guess the situation would make them share more negativity bias like things that are more negative considering or like um when things started opening maybe that's more positive and people would be more inclined like maybe your social presence would surround you and affect your bias which 
things you want to share more? Uh, this other question is, does positive content really get more shared than negative content? Because we've also studied that there's a thing known as a negativity bias. And that's what we pay more attention to. Sabi? I feel like people don't like to be told that everything around them is so great and like a Sigaviat Shaura, Yaviat Shaura, this is all. So the negative, any negative news uh, gets a lot of attention. Okay, okay, so it's not a perfect world and this is also uh, wrong here. And like usually on Instagram feeds, whenever there is a negative news, it's more like people share it because they want to spread awareness and play a small part in like, okay, at least we can educate everyone about this and maybe make it better or something, uh, something like that. So maybe that's why it's more like, it's like you can't already fix a uh, thing that's already good, but in a negative way, like there is a small thing that you can do. Right. Something like this, I guess. Essen? And then it is. Uh, nice. Can you hear me? Yep. Uh, so I think beyond, beyond the positive and negative, it's definitely something that requires urgency. So like usually that's something negative um, because that way it's like, you know, oh, this is something that demands attention right now. Uh, and this is something everybody needs to know. So I think that is usually negative And like, um, I think in terms of uh, how we're evolved and stuff, we also kind of focus on things that require our attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We had, uh, if you still want to, otherwise, uh, Lena. Oh, you do. Sir, I had a pretty dumb suggestion, but we tend to share positive things that had a negative back, background or something, a negative story behind it, something. So maybe mm-hmm. that causes us to share more positive. Unki research if we heard somebody won a marathon, we might not share it as much, but if we Marathon mm-hmm. so maybe that uh, invokes something and we are more likely to share it. Mm. Okay. Uh, I, in, in those situations, I think the, the emotion that they've tested is awe, uh, which is, you know, a whole backstory. It's inspiring, sort of like the Nike ad, okay? people went through difficulties. And now the overall article is positive. Uh, okay, we have Nina uh, and then Bisma. Um, yeah, so I feel like the negative content gets shared more because there's more controversies surrounded to it normally. And that does spark a discussion. So probably that's why, yeah. Right. Bisma? Uh, I just want to say that I think in Pakistan, negative news definitely works out better because, like, for example, news about, like, um, in Karachi, like how this Karachi Zoo got a reply from the High Court judge, you won't really see that on TV, but then you'll end up seeing stuff like, you know, a tragedy that happened like two, three weeks ago. The interviewers are still going to be talking about that. They're still going to be hounding the family. They're going to try to get interviews with the family. They're going to try to see them cry on TV. So stuff like that on in Pakistani context, it just really sells like crazy, which is why everyone here just leans towards like insane negativity. So this is all we see on TV anyway. So yeah. Uh, yes, but then also, I don't know if that's a Pakistani thing or a human thing, because that's the only context we have. I don't know how people do like make these decisions 
in other countries. Um, Laila? Um, I think it's about context, like uh, your contextual position in society and perhaps what you are feeling. UK, uh, there are so many examples of people sharing cat videos and other things, but maybe it's the negative news that stays in your mind more. Mm -hmm. Which is true. Um, and then lastly, Khatija, and then we'll move on. Um, sir, I think we pay more attention to negative stuff because like, you know, there are potential costs associated with it. And like, we hardly come across any good news nowadays. So I guess in that way, we are more predisposed or inclined towards receiving negative information. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So that's a lot of opinions, a lot of valid opinions. And um, here's the answer. The answer is we don't know. It could be either. There's many factors, could be anything. It's very hard to study these things in isolation. Uh, and this is one opinion. This is one paper. There will be other papers who confirm the same thing. There will be other papers who refute the same thing. Um, in fact, they've mentioned in this paper that we've had criticism on such and such study, but we now we did this new study that, you know, fights back against that. Um, and the whole point of this is that this is uh, our class's motto, we don't know. And the other one, what was the other one? My, oh, it was, it depends. Uh, any question can be answered using, we don't know, and it depends, because that's the cold hard truth. We can do all the science we want, it makes sense, and maybe it does. Um, but eventually it's all just, you know, we did the best we could, and maybe it explains most things, but not all things. Um, and as an example of why that is true, uh, I'll go through some of the things that they've done and they've said. First of all, they say uh, that positive content may be shared more because it reflects positively on the sender. I think uh, Minhal said that in the chat, Pele. And that sort of makes sense that you don't want to be a negative Nancy or anything like that on social media. You share things that reflect well on you. And that doesn't have to mean just New York Times articles. It could be, in fact, it is pictures of you. You only share the good, positive, nice, happy caption photos uh, because they reflect positively. And obviously, again, some people don't do that. They're the opposite. They share negative stuff as well. And that doesn't seem to stop them. So uh, example number one of why it depends and we don't know. Um, then it's the way that they've conducted this study. First of all, they've looked at the most emailed articles. Is that the best way to measure how much something has spread? It doesn't account for social media picketna spread, who it doesn't account for uh, direct message kisne, kitne logo ne ki hai. It doesn't even account for stories that were sent over email, but didn't use the button that says share via email on the New York Times page, because that's where they're getting their data. If the New York Times wants to know how many people emailed an article, the only way they have to measure that is all the cookies and trackers they have on the website. But if you just copy paste the link, then they're getting none of that information. So the data set has its own uh, flaws. Um, then it says that positive content, the way they measured what something was positive, whether something or not was positive, was how many positive words it had. Is that the best way 
to measure positive content? What if people only looked at the headline and shared the article and didn't go through the whole thing? And so the article was positive, but the headline was framed negatively in order for you to click it and get more attention because negativity bias. So headline negative, article positive. Uh, and you see all your tabloids and BuzzFeed and things like that uh, who pick out the one bad thing about the whole article or the person or the event and put that in the headline. And then once you actually read it, you realize, well, that's not so bad. Uh, but the negative thing is the thing that gets you to click in the first place. Um, then uh, they say, what else did they do? Uh, yeah. Is it platform dependent? Something that goes viral on Twitter may not go viral on Instagram, despite being the exact same content, exact same picture, exact same headline, but the platform is different. So does it really matter whether it's positive or not? And that's a good example of controlling for external factors, right? Uh, we're saying that it's the exact same everything. Only thing that's different is where you saw it. And that affects how likely it is to go viral. So content that goes viral on TikTok would not go viral on Twitter. Uh, and sometimes yet it does. Uh, so we're in science, we're talking about how likely is something to go viral and not, yes, this will go viral because it's positive and it's contagious and all of those things. Ali says the medium is the message. Thank you. I forgot that's the third uh, thing that we'll be repeating in this class very often. Uh, should write it down somewhere, put it in the wall behind me. Um, then another thing is whether it's externally valid. Uh, in the uh, studies, uh, study two and study three, they didn't actually see whether or not something was emailed. What it was, was a survey, just like the one Hafsa conducted. Uh, and they actually asked the exact same question, which was how likely are you to share this article based on this headline? Uh, and then people say, oh, on a scale of one to 10, maybe an eight. Um, does that actually tell you whether or not the article gets shared? because people say one thing and they do another thing. Uh, and with the survey Hafsa conducted, you will say, well, I'm more likely to share this video or that video, but the hard truth is we probably share neither of those videos because, you know, and they're just not worth our audience's time. Like we say, we'll do it and then we don't, or maybe we share it with that one person instead of the entire social media feed. So asking people what they think is a terrible indicator of what they actually do because what they say doesn't match their actual behavior. Uh, can you find a better way to, or a more realistic way to measure virality or the spread of things or share, or like whether or not someone will share it? I guess the, the obvious one is, well, you look at how many people actually did share it. Facebook has that. Even views, Minhal, are uh, unfortunately manipulated because um, Facebook counts, I think, three seconds of the video as a view. And then it also has auto-playing videos on by default. So you go through your feed, you see three seconds, you're not interested, you move on, and yet it counts as a view. And there's millions, if not billions of people who do that. So something with 500 million views might actually have had only a fraction of those people who saw it to the end. Um, and uh, 
there's the share button, but then the next question is, well, did people, why did people share that? Did they share it to make fun of it because it was, I don't know, very amusing or did it, they share it to, because they actually found it amusing such as, um, what's that guy, the excuse me, uh, comes in a lot of ads. Uh, some people shared because they genuinely enjoy those ads and some people shared because they want to make fun of him. Uh, and some people shared because it's an ad and they don't even see what's funny or not funny. It's just an ad. So the reasons people are sharing are different. So you can't necessarily say that this ad is highly amusing because it might be amusing for some people and not amusing for other people. Um, yeah, very few videos get fired. So next uh, session, we're going to discuss the spread of things as well. So uh, the reason why I'm going through all of these is that we'll come across a lot of papers that make a claim. And that's not to say that the claim is or isn't valid, but just that we should be looking at the fine details of how they're measuring it, of what paper it's in, of what their methodology was, of what the results are and what they're claiming from those results. And then obviously other papers, uh, other papers who confirm or deny those results. Um, the problem with that then is also confirmation bias. I'm not sold on this claim that positive things are more likely to be shared than negative things. So I will go into Google and search for uh, do negative things get shared more often than positive things? And I'll find three articles and I'd be like, and I probably want to do the opposite, which is how many papers confirm this. So science is a mess. Academia is a mess. We can make our best guess. Again, some things or some theories or some laws are more um, valid or more like stronger than others in terms of evidence. But regardless of that, we should take these studies with a pinch of salt. And uh, actually opening these studies and looking at them yourself is the best way to sort of be more critical about them. Um, I'll throw in some other factors as well, which um, some of you pointed out uh, in the discussion. Uh, first of all, uh, if we apply the hook model here, uh, did you get an external or internal trigger to share that? Maybe you didn't feel like sharing something, but at the end of the video, there's a giant button that says, share this video now. Um, I go to a website that uh, sort of does this very well, uh, where they make case studies on design. And at the end, they say, uh, it took us 95 hours to make this case study. It will take you five seconds to share it on Slack. Press the Slack button, the share button now. Uh, and the button is right there and it's you know nice and big and clickable and that will impact something being shared more than if they didn't have those that slide the content is exactly the same it's like a hundred slides but at the end they put that one thing and that automatically makes it a little more likely to be acted upon um, and then the action part of it motivation ability opportunity maybe you want to share something but you don't have the time mobile data has slow children so you you know, you don't do it or uh, motivation again, depends on the emotion. Uh, it'll cost you $0 to share, <laughs> share to 10 people or be cursed for life. Uh, message Something like that. Uh, 
again these are triggers and and they work with some people and they don't with others uh, but having a trigger is better than not having one at all and that impacts uh, shareability as well um then there's uh, one of the most important ones which is personal relevancy and i already mentioned that there is the content personally relevant to you if yes you're more likely to share it uh, and then is it personally relevant to the people you're going to share it with if yes then obviously you're more likely to share it as well um so if i really like air conditioners i'm probably not going to share on facebook okay, oh this new air conditioner is really good uh but if there's a group dedicated to air conditioning enthusiasts i'm more likely to share within that particular group uh i wonder if there is one like someone should go on facebook and see if there's a group for air conditioning uh and so you know it still counts as a share but just not with like a, a wider audience uh and the fact that i say group brings us to another um let me type this out another concept in psychology which is fairly easy to understand which is the concept of in groups versus out groups uh you sort of you have those things in your course plans i think ssc in groups out groups all those things that nobody ever understands and they keep making it more and more complicated uh they asked me to make a course for as an hss in group or a core group or something like that and i i was not able to figure out ki ye kya ho raha hai is keep adding things without check and and they admitted as much ki oh yeah we started this initiative and then nobody really looked back at it to see if it's working uh but um that in group and out group is pretty similar to this concept which is people who you are similar to uh, on some trait or aspect um are your in group and people who everyone outside of that in group is your out group uh so if i am pakistani if that's the trait we're looking at other pakistanis are my in group and uh, everyone who's not a pakistani is an out group uh, if i am an stsp other stsp people are my in group and everyone else is an out group uh, could be a personality trait if i am actually no uh, or you could uh is it a is it a subset of relevancy uh, it leads to why people would want to share so items cons, um, content that is uh, you're more likely to share content with an in group than an out group so uh, let me see if i can bring up slack um, and this is a good way to demonstrate that uh, yeah. so here we have the memes channel and ali shared this here because it is an in group of people who are in academia and if you shared this with the uh, i don't know your car mechanic he wouldn't get it so you're less likely to share it with him and you can sort of start to see a lot of this is you sharing content because it's personally relevant to you and the audience and that audience is in your in group so this is people trying to look for jobs uh this is again university related uh social media this class is about social media and technology so you've shared that here uh which one is this so uh we talked about baby shark so that's in in group here and now i'm very tempted to, i'll i'll hold my temptation okay 
<laughs> I see all the nodding heads. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know, hostel life, student life. Uh, yep, I think we can all relate to this one. Um, again, lums as an in group. So this probably wouldn't work as well in if you shared it on a school group. Again, LinkedIn, we can all relate to. So uh, a lot of these are because you have a personally relevant audience um, and that audience is your in-group. And notice that specifically uh, with memes. Uh, a lot of memes are about these tiny behaviors that nobody uh, quite expresses, but everyone relates to. Uh, and then obviously some people relate to it more than others. And then on top of it, it's also positive and highly amusing. Uh, and all of those factors come together. Uh, and yet we have completely opposite examples, as Sabi said, okay, negative cheese and be shared with things such as the motorway incident, uh, highly arousing anger for sure, but also negative. And that dominates other more positive news as well. So the long and short answer is really that we don't know, but the best we can do is try to understand why people are doing this. And that explanation boils down to positive content because it reflects positively on us, negative content because it angers us and we want to do something. And, um, you know, the best or the easiest way to do something is to share it. Uh, and you have, maybe you have a good intention behind it, which is to alert other people of something negative, or you want to, you know, discuss it. And that's the only avenue you have to do it. Um, yeah. So, do we have time for this? Um, Hafsa, you have a few questions. I will let you pitch them to the class. My first question was that what are some other factors which you think will contribute to virality besides valence, arousal, emotional contagion, cognitive transmission? These are basically terms that has already explained. And my um, the other question is, can he make things go viral by circumventing all the points that Sir has already told us about? How Let's do one and then the other. So first question, what other factors can contribute to virality besides the ones Sir has talked about? And, and there's a lot like I've, uh, you know, what makes sense? how relatable something is. Personal relevancy goes there as well. Uh, bandwagon effect. Obviously, you might not have a strong opinion on something, but then you see social proof that a lot of people are sharing it. Therefore, it must be good. Therefore, I will share it as well. Age group and things like that fall under the in-group. They're more likely to share it with people uh, similar to you in age. Again, depending on the content, in-groups and out-groups uh, are entirely context-dependent. Uh, editing and catchphrases, the ones that have funnier memes. Catchy and relatable, how visually appealing something is. Uh, there's one factor that we'll discuss in the next class, which is actually uh, what's the, the sharing clout behind it. So um, McDonald's Facebook page has... 15 million uh, subscribers, for example, and uh, 
your Twitter feed has 500 followers. You post something and it gains 20,000 retweets. McDonald's posts something and it gets 1 million shares. Can we say that both things went viral? McDonald's had 15 million subscribers. They posted something, anything Nike or McDonald's post, they get a few million likes. Uh, but nobody says, oh, ad viral even though a, hundred, a million people shared it. But you, with your 500 followers, get 20,000 retweets, and that counts as virality. Uh, so <laughs> not viral until Insta meme pages steal them. So a lot of it depends also on uh, where you're starting from, how many people are likely to see it in the first place. Uh, other opinions? Now I can change the mood instantly. I'm not playing anything. I, I only know a handful of tunes, uh, but this would be a good time to test the curse of knowledge effect. Oh, the instrument, it's called a thumb piano or a kalimba. You play it like this. I could try playing a, a tune that I do know and see if you can guess it. And I'm guessing you won't. And then when I tell you what this tune is, and then you'll immediately be able to recognize it. Uh, it comes with thumb cards, which I'm not doing. I'll do that at the end. But first, back to Hafsa's question. Uh, or you can also. So we got a handful of responses. And what was the second one? You also had a few uh, more. Actually, uh, second one is basically more or less the same. And one question I had was the bandwagon effect this and virality, the same thing. Mm -hmm. So anyone would like to answer that or if you would like to educate us more on that? Uh, obviously, I would prefer someone chip in with their opinion. Hafsa says, are bandwagon effect and virality the same thing? Well, are they? Uh, Visma thinks that it is the same thing, and Sabi says that it isn't. And then Minhal says, sort of. And Laila also says, excellent, we have this agreement. Let's fight it out here. Uh, I don't actually care what you think. I care about the reason behind that thinking. So don't tell me yes, no, maybe sort of tell me why. I think virality is that the origin. No, 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 no. We don't get to hear what you think. We want to hear what the class thinks. If you give them the answer, then no one will tell us why. Even I don't know the answer. <laughs> Even I don't know the answer. Like I said, we don't know, but we can make an educated guess. And that's what we're here for. Um, Visma says it's a cause and effect. I think that's a reasonably good explanation. Uh, and then bandwagon can lead to virality. Intentions might be different. 
uh virality can be due to different reasons uh and wagon something you're first forced to share virality you share yourself so sort of like an external versus an internal trigger uh in virality you want to share it because you want to share it in bandwagon effect it's because of an external uh factor uh i think i wrote something about that in my notes here uh There's lots of I don't like agreements. Um, so Ali agreeing with my he doesn't work for this class. We're here to fight. Uh, virality is an umbrella term. Ooh, interesting. Uh, like I said, I don't actually know the answer, uh, but I would suspect that one leads to the other. Some things go viral because they're popular in some like subgroup. and then when you don't know how to feel about something you develop a positive feeling towards it because other people have positive feelings towards it and so you know you're more likely to jump that bandwagon and uh, does it work the other way around i wonder um where something is viral because it's viral and then now it becomes a bandwagon i don't i don't know if it works the other way around because then that already implies the bandwagon effect but again the thing is we can't actually test or measure a lot of these things um so we can only have our best guess uh hafsa since you uh mentioned buzzfeed i've opened buzzfeed here just to see what drivel they're putting out here these days uh and uh, the idea is that something else that can affect virality or at least their attempt to do it is um <clears throat> the framing effect so the words they're using the images they're using uh the way they're framing the story they're all designed to have you click it and you can read through like the first few of these and <clears throat> you can sort of start to see like high arousal emotions and positive and negative content as well none of these articles they can there are a lot of things they're positive negative uh, make you angry there some of them are amusing the one thing that they aren't is meh because meh content doesn't work it doesn't get shared nobody likes meh content uh, a lot of news articles are meh but buzzfeed says we're not going to have any meh content so we're going to uh, we're going to lean one way or another but it is going to be high arousal or it is going to be uh an activating emotion um this is a pretty good way like you know not what are these creepy mysteries i'm more likely to click it if i just said uh you know here or here is a mystery story uh i'm definitely double checking that my doors are locked tonight sort of trying to induce anxiety here a little bit um what else do we have Uh, I also opened Mango Bar, so this might be a a better gold mine for content here. Uh, <laughs> Muslims are pissed off at Rihanna for using a hadith as background music. Okay, um, I'm a Muslim. I uh, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. But when you use the catch-all term, uh, it sort of provokes. Oh, what's this thing that is in my in-group? But I don't know about let me click to find out uh, and then also 
um, you know, one of the things Mango Boss does is add the emotional valence for you. So maybe I don't know how I feel about this, but let's say Muslims are pissed off. So that gives me some indication that I should also be pissed off. And in fact, anything they add after the and part is them telling you how to feel, uh, except this one, which literally tells you, I don't know how to feel. Um, so this is the headline and, and people are dragging Indian media. This headline could work just as well without the thing that comes after the and, but the and is what's attaching an emotional direction to it. Um, the Lux Style Awards nominees are out and the competition is tough. Uh, and that's the part that's getting you to click on it and not okay, uh, the nominations are out because nobody gives a shit that the nominations are out. But when you say okay, it's tough competition, now it's you know something more exciting. And people are worried. So the headline is just, Asadomar has spoken about the spread of COVID-19 in Pakistan. Okay, what did he say? They haven't told you that. Is it good news? Is it bad news? We don't know. Uh, but when you add, and people are worried, suddenly I'm just that little bit more anxious to find out that has people worried. Who are these people? I don't know. Let's find out. If my hunch is correct, it will be like three people on Twitter. Uh, hold your applause for me. Uh, but yep. Oh, it is exactly three people on Twitter. Okay. It's it's six. I'm sorry, Mango Buzz. There's six people on Twitter who are worried. Um, but that's sort of, uh, you know, trying to get you in an in-group of why are people worried? These people are Pakistanis. I am Pakistani. Should I be worried? Uh, or, or, or. Where is this from? This sounds very familiar. Was I think this was a meme at some point. Uh, okay, they can't post every tweet. Uh, that's true. Uh, but also, they shouldn't say that Muslims or Pakistanis or people, uh, but they're obviously going to frame it that way, because that's what sells. Um, and people are extremely angry. So before I click this, I already know that I have to be angry, even if, you know, the thing that they're talking about is something that's supposed to be angry, but just putting it out there and people are very curious. Again, everything after the and is an emotion. Uh, what is trending? Hmm. And people, okay, I think it's the same stuff. I wonder what my friends at parlo.pk have for us, which is, is it not parlo.pk? Oh, it's, oh, they've gone to .com. Wow. So they're trying to do the same thing, but they're doing it even worse. Look, I, I will close this before I get annoyed at this site. Like there's so much going on here. Uh, not just Pakistani journalism, Bisma. Uh, it's bad everywhere. And uh, and this is not okay. What is not okay? Uh, okay. All right. So uh, as a summary of this whole thing, Hafsa, you had some examples as well. Um, is there something I missed from your paper? Uh, 
were just examples of high arousal negative content. You know, like when that Khalilur Rahman video went viral where he was slashing a female journalist, Marvi Sadi. The what video now? Uh, there was actually a video. Uh, there's a Pakistani writer who mm-hmm. um, made like really misogynist and derogative remarks oh, yeah, okay. for a Pakistani yeah. journalist. So that went viral because it really activated people's brains. How can he say stuff like this? Mm-hmm. So that was an example of high arousal in a negative sense. And then you and then there was um, an example of positive content and you might have seen video and fire because people like spreading happiness or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it took Pakistani media by a storm. And then you also had, uh, okay, how do I, I guess I share the desktop then. You also have, you sent me these three pictures. Right. If we could just discuss, like, you know, um, first of all, with happy content, everyone is, pretty much everyone is happy with Baby Yoda. And we have a lot of Baby Yoda memes because it spreads happiness. And then if you recognize our late gorilla, Harambe, in, I don't know, 2016 or something, everyone on the internet was really mad that they killed him, but then it went viral because of memes as well. And this third picture, I don't know why Oscar Salfi went viral in the first place, so if anyone would like to share their reasons why this was famous. So. That, that's a good discussion. This is positive, this is negative. What is this? Um, I guess I should put it up there or it's gone. Okay. What is this and why is it going viral or why did it go viral? You know, we're not even related to these celebrities, nor are they Pakistani, nor do we personally know them. And they're just smiling like normal people would smile in a bunch of their friends and in groups. So why is it so famous? Mm-hmm. Branding. Uh, so many cameos never before seen so it's very hard to pin it's it's not negative but also it's positive but not like really positive it's not amusing it's not awe inspiring as such maybe it is for some people um and again i think that's a good way to sort of come to the close of this class which is that we really don't know things go viral we can guess and then there's some things that have no explanation for it uh, mahi you wanted to share something uh, at yeah. the end there's time okay so um i'll share my screen i guess okay so i hope you can hear so basically i i think you all know that video of the principal with the grape valley right and mm-hmm. um okay so i went to the school and i like from like this is Jeddah. Okay, I don't know. A lot of people don't know the context of this video. This is a school in Jeddah, and we used to have these national days. And um, this is 10 years old. Okay, like Abhisna Dubara Dagaiti, but yeah, it's 10 years old. And it's a whole video. Okay, and when Isal ke 23rd March, pe, our school found someone found it, right? And we were sharing all these because literally all these people are seniors in universities, and we are sharing on our stories, like, oh, 
what did we used to do in our school, right? Now this is just PIs, like seniors and alumni sharing. And suddenly these meme pages starting like editing like few clips of it, right? Like there's like, I can't even find them. All. Like, yeah, this guy got fame. Wait, where is he? I think we're mostly aware of. <laughs> so then, oh, like and then people in the about. comments were like, oh, share more, share more, right? And no, I think nobody knew that these are, this is a whole video available on YouTube and all the Instagram comments on those meme pages used to be like, oh, they call like, post more, I love these, right? And you could just come over here and watch the whole video. And, and slowly, like, it became international, right? So, like, I saw my ex-principal, like, a few days before giving an interview to Express Tribune on her fame and how international it is and, like, how people from, like, Egypt and, like, everywhere are messaging her. And she's like, for me, it's good. And then there was also the negative aspect was that girl who said I uh, will sacrifice my own life for Pakistan so that girl apparently she felt bullied and people were bullying her and like she's in a university now like probably a senior and there were then our people from my school were sharing our, our friends felt bullied so stop sharing these videos but now they're too viral so it's just so weird that something we were sharing on like Pakistan Day, I think 14th August or like 23rd March, went viral and I don't know if we had a hand or someone just found out a video from 10 years ago. So I don't know what factors are there. It's so funny how things happen. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not in the video and I regret my life. Like I could have had my fame. A lot of people who were took that fame and they made a before after and I was like, God, why did I stand in the line and not go? And Were you at there? this particular event? Yeah. Yeah, it was. This specific one. Yeah. Oh. Uh, please tell us more about it. Why Why does this happen? Like, that's what I'm curious about, first of all. Uh, why does this event happen? Yeah. What's the, okay. what's the purpose? Oh, yeah. So we had a lot of drama at your school. There's a, she basically, Benazir Bhutto, inaugurated our school. So you always had that affiliation with People's Party, right? And the principal who was, she was also very involved in politics. She even became a sen senator while she was in our school. So we were, since we are like expats over here, we don't have, you know, Hitna Pakistan. It's like Pakistan International School. So we used to be, they used to have focus a lot on these national events. 23rd March, Kashmir Black Day, um, debates, topics, like everything had nationalism, Pakistan, patriotic aspect of it. So um, we used to have these events where 23rd March used to be in school, right? So um, when she was here, she used to arrange a lot. She used to be the, that's why we used to have a lot of events. We even had this, we have the largest Pakistani flag with thumbprints. So like the whole school and I don't know kiss kiss ko thumbprints like and then we have this whole is that the criteria? The largest it's not the largest Pakistani flag, it's the largest Pakistani flag with thumbprints. Thumbprints, yeah. And I we made a Saudi one too to like, you know, love Saudi Arabia. So the so then you know we but it I feel like it did make us close to Pakistan like we used to like every year we used to have Kashmir Black Day and have the same like we debates like topic was the same nothing would change in Kashmir but we used to have it and it did help but I guess it was all forced upon us and it was all there like for their themselves like you know to probably like politics and mother. then she got taken over basically all these parents formed a group 
and then they fired her got her removed and then there was a very dramatic uh, assembly where she said goodbye and a lot of teachers resigned and then she finally left the school and then we didn't used to have these extra events we used to have normal events now but yeah so she went viral still <laughs> not the any other i saw a clip for of her from from the news i didn't know she was no longer there yeah she she like this after i think 2 years of this she went because there were a lot of scandals or rumors that she used school ke paise to buy a, um, her car and to fund her trips and like people like political parties used to get the money from her school like, i don't know which ones were true but probably khair uske baad this all stopped so used to have normal events yeah Uh, <laughs> yes that's a great story uh well that was more fun than anything i've said in the last hour and a half so uh maybe should be uh, you know we collect all our meme stories and share them at the end of each class is certainly better than the examples i have uh but uh that is the and actually i'd like to end with uh another example very similar to yours mahir uh, of something that went viral but we're not quite sure how you're allowed to leave by the way